six rioters who were convicted of federal offenses. I am inclined to pardon many of them. I can't say for every single one because a couple of them probably they got out of control. But, you know, when you look at Antifa, what they've done to Portland, and if uh, you look at Antifa, look at what they've done to Minneapolis and uh, so many other, so many other places. Look at what they did to Seattle. And that was, of course, Donald J. Trump answering at a town hall the question of some random guy who stood up and asked. He said he would, in fact, pardon many of the January 6th insurrectionists. So I say, believe him. Welcome back to the Magnolia Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan M. Ruggiero. As January 6th is right upon us, it's time, I think, uh, to take note on its third anniversary of where we are and whether or not Donald J. Trump is really responsible for what happened on January 6th because 7 in 10 Republicans now say it was nothing more than a tourist visit or it was Antifa, which is really my favorite. And he goes on there to start jibber-jabbering about BLM and, of course, BLM because Donald Trump has made it quite clear throughout his career he is no fan of the African-American community. And on that horrible day, even as then-minority leader of the Republican House Caucus, Kevin McCarthy, called and pled for Trump to call off his mob, his cult, and you know it if you're in it. In the recent days afterward, they all started to retract their comments. They all started to walk it back and say, I don't know what you're talking about. It was just a tourist visit. It was Antifa. Wait, it was the FBI. So 150 plus law enforcement officers' blood was spilled on that day, and five, yes, five of them, died as a direct result of what happened on that momentous day, that tragic day. In the annals of American history, there are a few dates that stick out that we will all remember. As the great FDR once said, December 7th, 1941 is a day that will live in infamy. And most, if not all, Americans agree with that. Then, of course, there was the tragedy of September 11th, 2001. Something I witnessed as a senior in high school. And something that haunted my dreams for a long time afterward. We should all have the similar response to what happened on January 6, 2021 when a Trump mob violently attacked the Capitol to stop the certification and the peaceful transfer of power. There was no fraud. There was no cheat. Joe Biden did win and is the President of the United States. And as the third anniversary of this tragedy has just passed us by, I think it's important to take note that only 55% of America say we should never forget in a CBS poll done earlier this week. While 43% say, quote, move on. Move on. America is so divided at this point, 
that we can't even agree on a terrorist attack. Go back to the hours and days immediately after January 6, 2021, and listen to the blanket condemnation of Donald Trump and his cult, his mob, which he whipped into a frenzy along with his surrogates, to show up in Washington, D.C. on that particular day and do exactly what they did. Let us also remember they erected gallows for Mike Pence, a Republican and vice president to Mango Mussolini. This is, of course, yet another reason why we can never allow this man to get anywhere near the Oval Office again. This time, he won't have the constraints of regular government. He's already said he'll put yes men in every important position in the government to ensure there's no pushback when one of his insane, paranoid, delusional ideas pop into his head. There'll be no one there. There will be no John Kellys. For all of his disgrace, there will be no Bill Barrs. They'll just be Jeffrey Clarks. And that should scare everyone in the country. Seven in 10 Republicans, seven in 10, 70%, do not believe January 6th was an insurrection. That boggles the mind. It was an insurrection. More than 1,200 arrests have taken place. More to come as we still need help identifying some of those who were there pushing their way past police, beating police, tasing police, gassing police, beating them with the American flagpole and pools of blood everywhere. Do I need mention the excrement that was spread all over the walls of the House of Representatives? Now, this is trying to be framed, reframed, if you will, my Republicans as something less than what it was. It was every bit the tragedy of December 7th, 1941. Every bit the tragedy of 9-11-2001. For those two incidents certainly killed more people. But it wasn't necessarily a direct attack on our democracy. That was an attack on our armed forces. And for all of those back-the-blue Republican voters, well, you didn't back-the-blue on January 6th, or at least you don't now. When they pound their fists, those officers who served that day, Michael Fanone comes to mind. When he's asked ridiculous questions about FBI involvement, or could it have been something other than Trump supporters? Of course it wasn't. There were QAnon flags and Trump flags everywhere. There was no Antifa. Antifa is not even a firmly organized organization. Antifa just stands for anti-fascist. And when you hear Republicans throw around the term like, we don't want communism here, what they really mean is they don't want authoritarianism. 
They somehow tied communism and the Democratic Party together, which is sad. And again, before moving on, I'll leave you with that number. Seven in ten Republicans believe it was no big deal. 43% of Americans say, let's move on. So essentially, we're working with a little over half a deck. 55% of Americans who say, never forget, and I stand with them. And so does everyone here at the Magnolia Media Network. If there's any question, Trump was the chief insurrectionist on that day. The fact that he, and he alone, was able to stop it almost instantly after three hours of hand-to-hand -hand combat, the police being outnumbered 10, maybe 20 to 1, and with the deaths of the insurrectionists themselves gasping for air, having heart attacks right on the lawn in front of the U.S. Capitol, and of course, one, and Ashley Babbitt, who has been immortalized on the right wing as some sort of martyr, was shot. One six was not peaceful. One six was not a tourist visit. And it was not committed by Antifa, Black Lives Matter, or any other organization loosely affiliated with liberal politics in the United States. It was, and will always be, Trump's mob. And in March of this year, that is, if the Supreme Court doesn't get in the way and say that a president of the United States is absolutely immune from everything, as long as he or she is occupying the Oval Office at that moment. And though he had only 14 days left, Donald Trump was, in fact, President of the United States. And after just over three hours of those vicious scenes of windows being smashed, of police officers being crammed in doorways, of violent mobs breaking down the doors to the Capitol Rotunda and getting into the actual Congressional Hall, even getting into Speaker Pelosi's office, the man who threw his boots up on her desk, and men like Enrique Tarrio, who is gladly serving 22 years in prison for his role as a seditious conspirator and an insurrectionist. I implore anyone who thinks January 6th was anything less than a tragedy and a travesty. Go look at the tapes. It's obvious. Those three hours should be encapsulated in the American idea, in the American imagination. 80% of us should be able to agree that it is something we should never forget. That infringing on the peaceful transfer of power is something we can never allow happen again and we're up against it once more as donald trump makes yet another run for the white house 
Who knows what will derail him? I have no faith in the Supreme Court that they will actually uphold the Constitution because the Constitution seems to change all the time depending on who the case is about and what's before them. They won't honor 14.3, but I seriously doubt they will overrule Judge Chutkin and say that, well, while a president is in office, he can essentially commit any act he'd like. Murder, rape, arson, or foment an insurrection and send his mob to do it. Because that's what happened on January 6, 2021. I watched it with my own eyes, live as it happened, as I'm sure many of you did. And if you didn't, then you've certainly seen the tapes. Sit and watch all three hours. I believe it was three hours and nine minutes to be completely correct. Is that right, Logan? Yeah, Logan's shaking his head in agreement. That's what he does best. So, as we approach and pass January 6th, the third anniversary, we should take a moment. We should take a moment to thank those police officers like Harry Dunn who's now running for Congress in Maryland's 3rd Congressional District, and officers like Michael Fanone, who retired after that day, after being tased repeatedly and having his sidearm ripped from him in a crowd that was trying to enter the Capitol. It was then and only then that he cried out, I have a family. And one of the protesters stopped another one of the protesters, I'm sorry, insurrectionists, from shooting him with his own gun. Think about that for a moment. The post-dramatic stress inflicted on those officers led to multiple suicides. A total of five officers died as a direct result of their involvement in January 6th. So I guess it's us on the left who promote better policing, who actually back the blue. We are the ones sending out more funding to police departments and not less. We're the ones saying some reforms are needed, but that the police aren't the bad guys. However, when the police act like the bad guys, as in the case of Derek Chauvin, we'll call them out for it. We don't live in the same type of bubble those on the right live in. We live in a world of reality, of fact, of truth, of science. We don't denounce one for having faith. It doesn't mean every word of your faith has to be literal or that it has to enter the public square. In fact, it's been written in the First Amendment that the separation of church and state will be absolute, something this Supreme Court has chosen to, uh, I don't know, overlook, forget. These supposed constitutional scholars who managed to get in, three of them anyway, on the coattails of a madman are now set to decide his future. Keeping him off the ballot would be the right thing to do. They likely won't do that. Saying he has absolute immunity would be 
a historic and unjust wrong that could never be undone. I don't imagine they'll do that, but I do imagine that they will ignore 14.3. To be crystal clear, anyone who tells you it's no big deal is absolutely full of it, or they're living in that fantasy world which MAGA people like to uh, hide from time to time. They like to go into their little bubble and stay there. Again, they can't tell you what communism actually is, but they are more than willing to throw the word around when it comes to describing the left in American politics. The left who passed the American Infrastructure Act. The left and Joe Biden who pushed to raise the minimum wage. It's the left and Barack Obama who brought 40 million Americans access to health care, including me. The Affordable Care Act is an essential part of American life now. They want to call that communism. They want to call that socialism. They call it whatever they want, but it works. Just like the $1.6 trillion bipartisan infrastructure law. Be sure and check when your local Republican representative is out there on the campaign trail say, saying, look at what I've done. Look at what I've brought to the community. A new airport, new bridges, new roads, new railway. Check to see if they actually voted for the legislation. More often than not, they didn't. Oh, and for my congressman, Mr. Tim, my daddy, Burchett, who voted against it, but is more than happy to return home to Knoxville and brag about all the good work that's getting done around the city. Thanks to Joe Biden's infrastructure bill. We'll be right back here on the Magnolia Media Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Jonathan M. Ruggiero. And now the word of the day, coward, cowards, cowards, cowards. In the days and hours immediately after the insurrection on January 6th, Republicans could not wait to get their turn at the microphone to condemn Donald Trump and his mob, a mob that he and only he was able to disperse. He did not call in the National Guard as he would have if it had been BLM protesters Antifa, or some other entity that he likes to blame for everything that goes wrong when it's really just his fault. Cowards. The, the cowardice is so bad within the Republican Party that Mike Johnson has been quoted as saying, if we could come to a conclusion, I wouldn't pass it anyway. I wouldn't allow it on the House for a vote. Why? Because it might appear that Biden would be getting a victory. They want some draconian immigration bill attached to spending for aid to our allies for democracy. We have a real problem in this country when a significant portion of Republican voters would rather have Vladimir Putin as their president 
than Joe Biden. Well, there is one way to ensure that happens for most the rest of your life. Move to Russia. Leave us alone. Anytime you're faced with this incredible task of trying to pierce this bubble, do the best you can. Try to be uh, a little more understanding than am I. But do whatever you can. And if that doesn't work, we've started to coin a new phrase here on the left. Michelle Obama once said, when they go low, we go high. But the stakes are just too high now. So I say, when they go low, get mad. Be mad. It's okay to be mad. Now, that in no way is a call to violence. Be mad means get out, join a protest, volunteer, do whatever you have to do to get people to the polls to make sure none of these extremists, and all of them are extremists at this point, with perhaps the exception of Chris Christie, who gets no pass for his absolute corruption as New Jersey governor and as a member of the Trump cabinet in its early days. He's the only Republican going after Trump. His 10% may be what's stopping another candidate from beating Trump. But let's be real. Joe Biden has the best chance of being reelected president if he is in fact going to be our nominee in the Democratic Party. Then let's say Nikki Haley. Even though Nikki Haley can't outright say in a public setting that the Civil War was fought over slavery. States rights, she said. Growing up here in the Southeast, I learned the same thing. My fifth grade social studies teacher was a Civil War nut. And I remember the first day he taught Civil War history in our social studies class in fifth grade and written up on the chalkboard back in the 90s were the words, states' rights. And that's what he said the Civil War was fought over. Of course, that's what we're taught here in the Southeast from a very young age so that we can, um, I guess, have pride in our traitorous grand, uh, grandfathers, great-grandfathers, great-great-grandfathers, great-great-uncles, whatever. The truth is they were traitors. And in my opinion, they got off way too easy. Instead of a handful of them going to jail, they should have all, including Robert E. Lee, be tried for treason, and then a sentence should have been imposed upon them. Just like 900 and some odd of the insurrectionists on January 6th, who are currently serving anywhere from 5 to 22 years in a federal prison, right where they belong. But again, Democrats, don't be afraid to be mad. Don't be afraid to let them know that you're mad. We are not violent. 
since Dr. King came along and made it clear that violence was not the way. We will not repeat the awful, evil stupidity of the right. We will not go down that path. However, we can call it out and condemn it whenever we see it. Be mad. And let the facts guide you. Don't get carried away in your left-wing bubble. Don't just stay in your echo chamber. Listen to the news all the way through, even the parts that really aggravate you. Even when people like, oh, I don't know, Representative Tim, my daddy, Burchett, decides to go on TV and complain about Kevin McCarthy or complain about this or complain about that when he's decided he's going to join the MAGA caucus and the House of Representatives. And again, I can't help but go back to those hours and days just after January 6, 2021, when Republicans cowered in fear, just like Democrats, as rioters came through the halls of Congress, looking for them, taunting them, calling them out by name, and erecting gallows for the Republican Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence. By the way, Mikey, when exactly are you going to come out and condemn the man who tried to have you killed? And if you think for a second that's some sort of a joke, well, then you should have let them get their hands on you. They actually erected a gallow for the vice president of the United States because he would not subvert the Constitution. He thanks his God, and I think whatever God there might be, or whatever gods there might be, that he had the backbone to stand in there and do what was right. Later that evening on January 6, 2021, they did certify the win of Joe Biden to the presidency of the United States of America. The Jeffrey Clark scheme to unwind the entire American system by kicking this whole thing back to state legislatures and essentially throwing out the will of the people was stopped. And Congress did its work. This Congress, however, can't even pass a budget. And let's remember, the House of Representatives has but one really important job, and that is the pocketbook. Supporting our allies abroad, ensuring that government stays funded year in and year out without asking for some draconian cut to Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, child hunger programs, the supplemental nutrition program that we have long called food stamps in the United States, even though it hasn't been an actual food stamp in years and years and years. The Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program feeds hungry people in a country with a GDP that's approaching $28 trillion a year. And what did Republicans do last time they had complete control of government? They passed but one bill, 
And that bill was an unfunded, meaning it was not paid for, $2 trillion tax cut for the wealthiest 1% of Americans. According to the Congressional Budget Office, 86% of the benefits of that bill went to the 1% of 1% and to billion-dollar corporations. While people on the lowest end of the spectrum actually saw a tax increase. That means if you're falling to the category of working poor, you're actually paying more in taxes. More in taxes. How much more can they take from a middle class? How much more can they take from a middle class that's disappearing in America? Well, under the Biden administration, we've seen historic economic growth. As a matter of fact, last month's employment numbers just came out. We're steadily still at a historic low, 3.9% unemployment. The economy, especially looking at the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones, have hit record highs. And inflation has come down at twice the rate in which it went up. And I would expect that to continue into 24. Now, a few postscripts to the news, some follow-ups, some snarks, some predictions. I predict that Republicans will actually lose the House of Representatives before we get to our next election. One or two more retirements or ousters like uh, Santos. Santos, who never told the truth in his life. Santos, look, I look good in a dress, don't I? while also bashing the very same community and supporting lawmakers who, like in Tennessee, banned drag shows. Think about that for a moment. Men dressing up as women, as a joke in a lot of cases, has been banned in the state in which I live, the state in which all the founding members of the Magnolia Media Network were brought up. If we weren't born here, then we were raised here. Now, as for those postscripts, I'll follow up to the school shooting in Perry, Iowa, at Perry High School. There was one dead and five wounded. That's not counting the shooter who did take his own life. From the reports I've heard thus far, it was a sixth grade student who was killed and five were wounded. As we move overseas, we've still yet to help the Israelis in any real way other than putting two destroyers in the Mediterranean Sea to make sure Hezbollah doesn't cross the northern border into Israel and start a land war on the northern border as Israel continues its bombardment of Gaza and the humanitarian crisis continues. Something must be done, and we will call out President Biden for not pushing harder for some sort of ceasefire, some other tactic than just indiscriminately bombing and killing 22,000 citizens of Gaza. 22,000. That's a disproportionate response, and it has gotten completely out of hand. As much as we here at the Magnolia Media Network support Israel, the strategy is failing. And 
the war is expanding. We are but one misstep away from this war spreading into Lebanon and into Iraq. Who knows, the Syrians may even get involved. But after drone strikes from the United States of America in both Beirut, Lebanon, and Baghdad, Iraq, tensions are getting even higher. It's time to hit the pause button to keep this thing from getting completely out of hand. And once again, Speaker Mike Johnson, fund Ukraine, fund democracy, or get out. Get out of the way and let Democrats do what needs to be done. Ukraine needs our help. At this current moment, Iran and North Korea are doing everything they can to prop up the Russian regime, which means three of the most alienated countries in the world, those alienated from the United Nations, from NATO, from any major treaty organization in the world, those countries that have been blackballed by all developed nations, are supporting Russia. That's Those are their allies, and their allies are standing firm. It's time for Ukrainian allies to do the same. Ukraine needs our help, and they need it now. The European Union can't put a package together because it's being blocked by Viktor Orban, the right-wing darling and dictator of Hungary. We don't want Iran and Iraq, or at least sects within both countries, to start attacking Israel and expand this war to a full Middle East conflict that engulfs the region all over again just a year or two after we finally got out of Afghanistan and after we ended the incredible disaster that was the Iraq War. With all of that being said, it's a little fodder, a little something to think about. From here in Knoxville, Tennessee, the Magnolia Media Podcast and the Magnolia Media Network will say it to you one more time. When faced with MAGA stupidity, you don't have to get mad at the person, but be mad at the concept. Don't be afraid to be mad. And with that being said, it looks like that's about all the damage I can do for today. Again, from Knoxville, Tennessee, and the Magnolia Media Podcast, until next time, be well. <laughs>